اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم Now earlier we learned a general command concerning what was halal. And what was that? That uhillat lakum bahimatul an'am. They're all halal for you. Except for that which is recited to you. Where? In the Qur'an. In different surahs. But also over here. Over here also, a list of haram things have been mentioned. In particular, meat. So حُرِّمَتْ alaykum. It has been made haram for you, meaning it is haram for you to eat. And by the way, it has been made haram by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who does you refer to? Believers. So حُرِّمَتْ alaykum. It is haram for you to eat, first of all, al-maytah. Maytah from meme wauta. What does maytah mean? Dead animal. So any animal that has died, a natural death, or let's say caused by someone else, that animal is not fit for eating. So basically, if an animal is not slaughtered properly and dies because of some other reason, it was electrocuted, or for example, it fell and it died, or it became sick and it died, then such animals are not fit for eating. All dead animals are forbidden. So the only animal is halal is which one? That which is killed in the proper way, according to Islamic rules. What are those rules? Inshallah, we will study about them. So all dead animals are haram. Let me ask you a question to see if you've understood this properly or not. You go to a restaurant over here. It's not a restaurant that says very clearly halal. They don't serve halal meat. And there is meat over there. Let's say chicken. Do you eat it or do you not eat it? No. Why? Because it was not slaughtered properly. It didn't come from an animal that was slaughtered properly. People say, Oh, Ahlul Kitab. That, oh, this is the land of the Ahlul Kitab. This is the land of the people of the book. So Christians and Jews live over here. But how do you know that there was a Christian man who slaughtered the animal? How do you know there was a Jewish man who slaughtered the animal? Do you have any idea what happens at slaughterhouses? Do you have any idea how they are killed? Animals are generally stunned. And then they're just chopped up. They're usually stunned. A little bit of blood is made to flow sometimes and that's it. Is the name of Allah pronounced? No. So it will be considered maytah then. Assalamualaikum. Some people they say, Ah, Sheikh back home, he said you can say Bismillah and eat everything. Okay. This is an incorrect interpretation of a hadith that is reported by Aisha radiallahu anha in which we learned that so many people were embracing Islam, right? And they would bring meat sometimes to the house of the Prophet sallallahu So Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the Prophet sallallahu that people bring meat to us and we don't know if they have slaughtered it properly or not. So he said, don't worry, just say bismillah and eat it. Why? He didn't say, say bismillah to make that meat halal. What he meant was that trust a Muslim if he brings meat to you that he has slaughtered the animal properly. It didn't mean that say Bismillah now to make that meat halal. That meant go ahead and eat it. Say Bismillah and eat it means go ahead and eat it. Trust the Muslim if he or she has brought meat to you. So maita is what? The animal which is not killed according to Islamic rules. So it has died a natural death, it has died an accidental death, it has been tortured and killed or whatever. Any other way other than the correct way of killing the animal. Secondly, what dam and the blood. Which blood is this? 
flowing blood, running blood, streaming blood, you know, blood, liquid blood, literally. That is something that we cannot consume. Damiya means to bleed. So for example, when an animal is bleeding, that blood cannot be consumed by people. And the blood which remains in the flesh, or let's say around the bones, what about that blood? Recently I was cooking chicken, and I was baking it actually, okay? And I took it out of the oven and I flipped it. And as I did, all of a sudden there was a gush of blood. I was like, oh, it looked so weird to see all that blood pouring out. But is that haram? No, it's not. Why? Because that blood stayed with the meat around the bone, in the flesh, in the veins, after the animal was slaughtered. Because when the animal is slaughtered, blood is made to run out. But you can't completely drain the blood off the meat. Okay, You can't drain it out completely. So some will remain. That which remains, it is halal. So if you're having chicken or something and you take a piece of meat off, and if you see red, red, don't say you, don't say haram, you can eat it. So what them? Before we move on, remember that there are some exceptions from the maita and there are some exceptions from the blood. Meaning certain kinds of maita are halal for us to eat. In a hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said, we were allowed two dead animals and two kinds of blood. As for the two dead animals, they are fish and locust. Fish and locust. Why fish? Because you can't catch a fish and slaughter it. Okay? When you take it out of the water, it's going to die. Okay? And it'll die itself, even if you don't slaughter it. And how would you slaughter it? How would you slaughter it? I mean, where's the neck that you're going to cut? Where's the jugular vein that you're going to find in order to cut? You can't do that. So fish, you don't slaughter, but rather you eat when it's dead. Even if you find it dead floating on the surface of the water. Even if you find a big whale stuck on the beach. So basically it was not caught by someone, it just died itself. You can still eat of it. And secondly, jarad, locusts. What is it? Do you know what locust is? Do you know what this hadith is talking about? It's a kind of an insect. So that also, how can you slaughter? You can't slaughter. And how can you even catch in the first place? The only time you would find locusts in the desert was that if there was a heat wave or something or a swarm of locusts that went by, then some of them would die and they'd be found baked literally in the desert because of the desert heat, baked on sand. So they are permissible, you can eat them like that. And وَأَمَّا الدَّمَانِي As for the two kinds of blood, then they are the liver and the spleen. Obviously it's not literally blood, but these two organs, they contain a lot of blood. So you are allowed to eat it. وَلَحْمُ الْخِنْزِيرِ And the flesh of the swine. And this means the entire pig. Its flesh, its fat, its feet, its skin, everything is haram. You can't eat it. Whether it's the main ingredient or the sub-ingredient of a particular meal, you can't eat it. Whether the pig was slaughtered properly or it was killed, it doesn't matter. It is haram. Why? Because it is not part of bahimatul an'am, which are halal. It's not considered part of the an'am. Why? Because it is not an'am. An'am are herbivores. They eat only herbs, grass, leaves, etc., but a pig on the other hand eats anything that it finds. Recently I read in the news, not recently, a while ago, there was a man who lived on a farm and he could not be found. 
And then they found his dentures and a piece of his belt that was metal or something like that by the place where his pigs were. That's all they could find. And the only thing that they could say was the pigs perhaps attacked him and they ate him. So pigs basically eat everything. So it's not a herbivore. It's not considered behimatul an'am. And the thing is that what you eat has an effect on you. All the animals that are halal, you will notice that they are very humble in their nature. Look at a goat, a sheep, a cow. Despite its huge size, how humble it is. You can take it from one place to the other so easily. People, you know, they hit their animals, they do whatever. They're so humble. Camel, on the other hand, is a little arrogant. Which is why we see that when you eat camel meat, you have to do wudu. When it comes to animals which are like dogs or cheetahs, which hunt, you can't eat them. Because if you eat them, you'll become like them. Literally. So this is why we're not to eat certain animals. And of them is, first and foremost, the pig. And remember, the pig and all its related species, they're all part of khinzir. وَلَحْمُ khinzir. Even this is forbidden. وَمَا أُهِلَّ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ بِهِ And that which was slaughtered in the name of someone other than Allah. But look at the words. وَمَا أُهِلَّ أُهِلَّ is from إِهْلَال هَا لَام لَام Any word that you can think of from this root? هَا لَام لَام هِلَال What is هِلَال? Crescent. When the crescent is sighted, then what happens? Announcements are made. Voices are raised. So ihlal means literally raf'u sawt to raise the voice, to make an announcement. Okay? So ma uhilla meaning it was declared at the time of slaughter. What was declared? Lighirillahibi for other than Allah. Meaning at the time when the animal was being slaughtered, someone else's name was pronounced. Not Allah's name, but someone else's name was pronounced at the time when the animal was slaughtered. Why is it pronounced? For dedication. Because the thing is that when that animal slaughter is also a ritual. It's not just cutting up the animal to eat it, it's also a ritual. Not just in our deen, but also in other religions. And this is something that's understood. So when an animal is slaughtered, It is dedicated to someone. It is dedicated to someone. How? That their name is mentioned. That to honor them, to please them, to seek their blessings, we are slaughtering this animal, we are shedding blood. Now in our deen, what do we believe? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the animals. He is their khaliq, He is their owner, He gives life and He gives death. So when we kill an animal to eat it, then we are doing this by whose permission? Allah's permission. Allah has allowed us to take the life of this animal. And since He made the animal, it has to be dedicated to Him. Because He made it. He allowed us. So this animal has to be dedicated to Him. Because otherwise you're shedding blood. And that's something that is not nice. Generally if you think about it, shedding blood is something that's not good. But when you're shedding the blood of an animal, when Allah has allowed you, you dedicate it to Allah, then this is an act of worship. And when the animal is slaughtered, while the name of Allah is pronounced, then you know what? 
the animal will submit to. There's a whole documentary that was made on this by this person who has a farm and he slaughters animals and he mentions the name of Allah and how such huge animals, buffalo, goat, sheep, how they just surrender. Literally, they're just lying down, relaxed, waiting to be slaughtered. And this is something that can never be achieved in a slaughterhouse where animals are electrocuted and then they are killed in brutal ways. So, when the name of Allah is mentioned, the animal will also surrender. Let me tell you a story. There's an auntie that I know. She lives close by. So she lives in Canada. And she lives at a farm. So one year in the summer, she got a goat. Because she wanted to have goat's milk. And every day in the evening, her husband would come. And he would hold the goat by its head, by its horns. And she would milk the goat herself. And then she would use the milk and give it to somebody. Basically those days she was taking the goat's milk to someone every day because they had a food sensitivity so they would drink it. Now one day what happened that her husband was not home on time. And six o'clock was the time when she would milk the goat. So she said, I couldn't wait for my husband anymore. I had to do it myself. So she's like, if I go to the goat, she's going to kill me. <laughs> Huge, tall, you know, such big horns. She's not going to tolerate this at all. So she said, I just went there in front of the goat, and I said, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah. She said, I just kept reading out zikr, not to make the goat hear, but just to do zikr out myself, you know, to calm myself down. And she said, you wouldn't believe it, it was when the goat heard it, she put her head down. She literally put her head down. She said, she kept on saying, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah. She kept repeating it, until she had milked the goat, and the goat didn't move. Her head was down. When they hear the name of Allah, the animals even submit. They are in submission to Allah as well. And please find this documentary, I can't remember the name of it, in which they have shown how the animals submit when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name is mentioned. Mercy slaughter. Yeah, something like that. Mercy slaughter. So find it and do watch it. So anyway, وَمَا أُهِلَّ any animal that is slaughtered for other than Allah, you can't eat it. The only animal you can eat is that which is killed properly, whose life is taken in the correct way, whose blood was shed in the correct way. When the animal submitted to Allah, and you also took its life with the name of Allah. So you dedicate it to Allah. Only that animal is halal for you to eat. Now, غَيْرِ Other than Allah, what does that include? Anyone other than Allah. So for example, if an animal is slaughtered, and at that time it is said, بِاسْمِ Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Is that permissible? No. بِاسْمِ Ali radiallahu anhu. Is that permissible? No. Abbas radiallahu anhu. Is that permissible? Not at all. Hussein, Hassan. No, not allowed. Likewise, Isa, Masih, not allowed. What about nothing? Not allowed, because that is also... Other than Allah. Okay? If no one's name is mentioned, the animal is dedicated to nobody. Even that is not allowed. Why? Because Allah's name was not pronounced. The only one we can eat is which one? The one on whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name was pronounced. So, وَمَا أُهِلَّ بِهِ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ بِهِ وَالْمُنْخَنِقَةُ مُنْخَنِقَةُ is from خَا نُونْ قَافِ خَنْقَ Khank is to choke. 
Khanaqa, to choke. Like think about it like khank. Picture it so that you can remember the meaning. Okay? So mun the animal that has choked to death. Whether it ate something, it got stuck in its throat, or somebody put something around its neck and strangled it. So the one that choked to death, by itself or because of somebody else. Wal in the Quran we learn Musa salam struck him. So mawquda is that which has been struck, which has been hit with a fatal blow. So basically beaten to death. So for example, an animal, a stone hit it, and as a result it fell and died. Or a bullet hit it and it died. Somebody beat the animal with a stick and it died because of that. Mawquda. وَالْمُتَرَدِّيَةُ تَرَدِّي رَدَّ To fall. Okay? So مُتَرَدِّيَةُ One that has fallen and as a result died because of that fall. So let's say a mountain goat didn't see, slip, fell and died. Or an animal was pushed, fell and died. مُتَرَدِّيَةُ وَالنَّطِيحَةُ نَطِيحَةُ From نُون طَاحَةُ نَطْحْ نَطْحْ is the horn. So gored by the horns of another animal. Because such animals sometimes fight with one another, right? So let's say there was a fight that broke out between two moose. And what happened? One killed the other by its horns. So that moose, not halal for us to eat. By the way, moose is halal. If you can slaughter it properly. So, وَالْمُنْخَنِقَةُ وَالْمَوْقُودَةُ وَالْمُتَرَدِّيَةُ وَالْنَطِيحَةُ These are all examples of what? These are all examples of مَيْتَ Dead وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ And that animal which a wild animal has eaten. A sabur. Sabur is from Sin Ba'in and it's used for a predatory animal. An animal which hunts others in order to eat. So for example, a fox. Likewise, a lion, a cheetah, a dog, a wolf, a cat. So, وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ and those from which a wild animal has eaten. So for example, let's say there was a cat and it caught a chicken and it managed to kill it and it started eating from it. And it started eating immediately. Immediately, you know, tore apart the feathers and it started biting and it started eating from it. So, مَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ That chicken you can't eat. Even if you come and the cat gets scared and runs away and now that chicken is dead, lying before you, bleeding like anything. So you're like, okay, might as well take it and eat it. No, you can't do that. Why? Because the animal hunted it. Why? For itself. And it started eating from it. And the chicken is dead. Except in the case where, مَا ذَكَّيْتُمْ What you are able to slaughter before its death. So let's say, a lion caught a zebra, broke off its leg, started eating the leg. You come, shoot, the lion runs away. And then there's a zebra is still moving. And then you quickly come and you slaughter the zebra. Find the jugular vein, cut that, and the blood flows. So can you eat that zebra? Yes. Provide that you mention the name of Allah when you slaughter the zebra. Even though the lion ran away with the leg. But because a zebra was still alive, you cut it and warm blood gushed out 
You said the name of Allah, now you can eat of that. وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْعُ إِلَّا مَا ذَكَّيْتُمْ Except for that which you managed to do its zakat. Now what is this word ذَكَّيْتُمْ? ذَكَّيْتُمْ is from ذَال كَافْيَا ذَكَّا يُذَكِّي Literally is to complete something. From this is ذَكَاتْ of فَهْم which is the completion of understanding which means intelligence. Likewise, ذَكَاتْ in ذِبْح is to slaughter properly and completely. What is proper and complete slaughter? That Allah's name is mentioned, the blood is made to flow out, and then that meat is fit for eating. So this is why the word zakah is used for legal slaughter. Which is when the jugular vein is cut, maximum amount of blood is poured out, Allah's name is mentioned, so that animal is fit for eating. So, وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبْرُ إِلَّا مَا ذَكَّيْتُمْ Now what's the sign that the animal is still alive? How do you know that it's still alive? What if it's not moving? The one visible sign is that it's moving. What if it's not moving? Then what? You cut and blood comes out. Because if it has been dead for a while, then what will happen? The blood will not flow out. It will not flow out. So as soon as you cut the jugular vein, the blood is flowing out. You know, a whole lot of blood has gushed out and that means that you've managed to do its and this is the reason why some scholars have said that for example if there is a chicken or let's say a cow that is let's say stunned before it is slaughtered properly and the only reason why it's stunned is so that it's easy to slaughter so many cows so many chickens so let's say they likely stun the animal so that it barely becomes unconscious and then they bring it into the slaughterhouse in order to be slaughtered so is that permissible? According to some scholars it is. Why? Because the time it takes from the animal being stunned to the animal being slaughtered, it's not very long. It's only a few moments. Okay? It's only a few moments. Even if the animal completely dies. Let's say it's not just unconscious, it has died literally. There's no ruh left in it. No life left in it. Still, you manage to slaughter it. You manage to cut it from its neck, cause the blood to flow, set the name of Allah, so that animal is halal based on this evidence. But other scholars have said that no, this is not permissible at all. وَمَا ذُبِحَ عَلَى النُّصُبِ And those which are sacrificed on stone altars. What is nusub? Nusub is the plural of nusab. And nusab is an idol that is fixed for worship. Because nasaba literally means to fix. So it is an idol that is fixed in place. Why? Because it's either very big or because that place is considered sacred, so that idol is fixed in a place, and then what happens? People come and they bring their offerings. They bring their sacrifice. And sometimes they would sacrifice the animal right there before the idol. These days also you will find, that for example, as you enter into a store, there's an idol, and there's a bowl of fruit, there's a bowl of oranges, or something like that sitting right by the... I've seen... Many times, numerous times, this thing over here. So this is what? Food that is offered to the idol. Now the mushrikeen of Makkah, they had certain idols whom they had fixed within the haram. Some in the Kaaba and some outside. And they would go and slaughter animals right in front of them. So even if they mention the name of Allah along with the name of the idol, there is element of shirk over here. Why would you choose that place? To please the idol, right? So, because shirk has been committed through this animal, through this meat, that's why this meat is not fit for consumption. 
And the word nusub doesn't just apply to the idol, but also stone altars. Stone altars are basically a table or a flat-topped block that is used for a religious ritual, especially for slaughter. So any animal that has been slaughtered in this way, not allowed. وَأَن تَسْتَقْسِمُوا بِالْأَزْلَامِ And that you seek apportionment, division of the meat through what? azlam Through arrows. You seek division of the meat through azlam. Now so far what we have learned is that the meat that we're eating has to be halal. How? فِي In and of itself. It has to be halal. What makes it halal? A particular animal. The proper way of slaughtering. That makes it halal. The second condition for meat being halal is that it should also be halal fi kasbihi. In the way that it is acquired. So for example, a butcher may be selling halal meat. But if you steal it from there, can you eat it? No way. It's not halal. Can you imagine? If meat is stolen, it becomes haram meat. It's as evil as the person eating pork. Imagine, this is something very serious. So the meat has to be acquired in the correct way as well. So over here, what is being mentioned? The wrong way of acquiring meat. And what is that? An tastaqsimu. Tastaqsimu is from qaf sin meem. We have read the word qisma earlier. وَإِذَا حَضْرَ الْقِسْمَةَ What is qisma? Division. To divide something between people. So you seek the division of what? Of the meat. Through what? Bil azlam. Azlam is the plural of zalam or zulam. Zalam or zulam, which means qidh, a small arrow. An arrow which doesn't have a head nor feathers. Okay, so just a stick basically. And the Arabs, they would have these arrows, which are known as divining arrows, that they used for gambling purposes and also for seeking decisions. These days, you know, when people gamble, they have different equipment, right? For example, sometimes they have dice. Sometimes they have cards. Sometimes they have um, chips. So there are different things through which people gamble. And when they're gambling, there are different things that they get. Sometimes money. And the Arabs, sometimes they would gamble over meat. So for instance, they would slaughter a camel. A whole lot of meat is there. Then they would come and play a game. A game of gambling. And they would play it with arrows. Whoever would win would get a certain portion of the camel meat. And whoever would lose would get nothing. You understand what I'm talking about? So, وَأَنْتَسْتَقْسِمُ azlam. This is one meaning of this part of the ayah. And this is more relevant to the context because the verse is talking about meat, food. But there is another interpretation as well, which is that you seek qisma, meaning the knowledge of your fate through divining arrows. That the Arabs would have different arrows. One arrow would say if'al. Another arrow would say la taf'al. Another arrow would be blank. So they would just keep picking so for example, if a person picked out an arrow, it had nothing written on it. He would have another chance. And let's say on the third, fourth chance, he managed to pick the arrow that says, La taf'al. So then he wouldn't do that action. Or if it said, If'al, then he would do it. So this is also forbidden. This is a sin. What is a sin? All that has been mentioned over here. Eating mayta, lahmul khinzir, ma uhilla bihi li ghayrillah. All these things I have mentioned over here, eating them, consuming them, this is all fisk. It is a sin. 
Today, Allah says, يَئِسَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يَئِسَ is from يَا Hamza Seen and يَأْسَ is to be despair, to give up hope. So, الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا The disbelievers, they have given up hope مِن دِينِكُمْ from your deen. What does it mean by that? They have given up hope of your deen. That they have given up that you will ever abandon your deen. That you will ever leave your deen. Why? Because your deen has gone so far. It is so complete. You have been given so many details. Compare these verses that we're learning now to the time when wahi first started coming to the Prophet ﷺ. When wahi first started coming, the mushrikeen would say, a phase. They'll be over it. Very soon this will finish. Very soon people will get over it. But as they saw that the Muslims didn't just become stronger in their faith, but their religion also became complete. So much so that they're eating certain things and they're not eating certain things. They're buying certain things and they're not buying certain things. Then what does it mean? That their deen has gone so far. It is so complete. There's no way they're turning back now. This is just like a person starts studying medicine. And everybody's like, yeah, let's see. Let's wait for a year or two and we'll see if they really want to become a doctor or not. So what happens? They complete their undergrad. And they go to med school. And they go for specialization. And then they're working in a hospital. So then they've gone too far, right? You don't expect that this person will drop what they're doing and go for something else. Correct? You give up hope that they'll ever leave it. So likewise, Allah says, الْيَوْمَ يَئِسَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِن دِينِكُمْ They've given up hope that you will ever leave your deen. In other words, they have finally acknowledged your deen. Even though they don't accept it, but they've acknowledged it. And isn't this true? That there are so many people who don't accept Islam, but at least they recognize it. So Allah says, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Don't fear them. وَخْشَوْنِي And instead fear me. Don't be afraid of them. Instead, be afraid of Allah. What's the fear that we have of people when it comes to the matters of deen? That if we eat this, people will laugh at me. If I don't eat it, people will think I'm so weird. Has it ever happened with you that you go with, let's say, your friends who may be non-Muslim or your co-workers that may be non-Muslim and then you're sitting there eating a salad and they're eating whatever they want. You're just eating a salad or you're just having a drink, just maybe a coffee or something and everybody's eating different, different things, and you feel so weird about yourself. You feel so weird about yourself. Allah says, don't be afraid of them. Don't feel weird. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Fear Allah. Because if you were to eat haram, imagine the consequences. وَخْشَوْنِي So never let the fear of people make you eat haram. Never, ever let the fear of people make you eat haram. You have to eat halal no matter what. No matter what the peer pressure is. No matter what the people say to you. You know, for example, fasting only. The other day somebody was telling me that they went to work and somebody was going around with cookies, you know, offering people and they said, no, I'm fasting. They said, what do you mean? Like, I'm fasting, I'm not supposed to eat. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's Ramadan and we don't eat from sunrise until sunset. They're like, what do you mean? How is that ever possible? They couldn't understand how a person could fast these days. They kept asking, what do you mean? What do you mean? How is that possible? So then out of this fear, sometimes we might feel it'll be awkward. So can I not fast because of my work? 
Can I not fast because of this and this reason? What does Allah say? فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Don't fear them. Don't fear them. وَخْشَوْنِي Fear me. And always remember that when you observe your deen, even though people may not like it, they do acknowledge your deen. They do accept it. So this is why وَخْشَوْنِي الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Today I have completed your religion for you. Which day is this? The day when this verse was revealed. And when was that? At the day of Arafah, the ninth day of the Hijjah. The ninth of the Hijjah, the day of Hajj. So, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Today your deen is complete from kaf, meem, lam. And ikmal is the completion of something. When something is complete, so it is perfect. وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي and I have perfected my blessing upon you. Atmamtu from itmam, tamim, mim. What does itmam mean? To complete something such that there's nothing needed anymore. Ikmal is what? To complete, make it a whole. And itmam is to complete, perfect in such a way that nothing, no detail, nothing at all is needed anymore. It is a hundred percent complete. So today your deen is complete. وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي My blessing on you is also perfected. Which blessing is this? The blessing of the deen. Allah calls it ni'mah. Which means that the greatest blessing that we have is the blessing of Islam. Because if Islam was not there, then every other blessing in this life would be meaningless. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا And I have approved for you Islam as your religion. Meaning the only religion that Allah accepts from people is which one? Islam. فَمَنِ اضْطُرَّ فِي مَخْمَصَةٍ But whoever is forced by severe hunger, we have done the word اضْطُرَّ before, when a person is compelled to do something against his wish, and مَخْمَصَةٍ is from خَامِينْ صَادٍ Extreme hunger, it's basically the emptiness of the stomach. You know what I'm talking about? When you feel that your stomach is empty, you've got nothing in there, and it's getting to you. So if a person has reached that level, these days when you're fasting for 17 hours, and by the end there's literally nothing left in your stomach, imagine if you had a small iftar, and you missed suhoor the next day. What will happen by the end of the next day? You feel like nothing is there. Imagine the same thing happened for the third day in a row. What would you have left in your stomach? What energy would you have? You would feel that you can't fast anymore. So imagine if a person is in this state, then can he eat haram? Can he eat haram? If a person is in extreme hunger, nothing in his stomach, the only option available is something haram, then Allah says he may have it as long as غَيْرَ مُتَجَانِفٍ لِإِسْمِ As long as he is not inclining to sin. Mutajanif is from jim noon fa. Janafa is to incline. So he's not inclining to sin, meaning he's not interested in disobeying Allah. He doesn't feel like, yeah, finally I can taste what pork is like. No. غَيْرَ مُتَجَانِفٍ لِإِسْمِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Then indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful towards such a person. That he's not willfully eating it, he just doesn't have an option. So in this case, Allah has allowed the person. So what do we learn in this ayah? That the religion is complete, halal, haram. Allah has mentioned in great detail. So we have to accept them as they are, not fear people, no matter what they say, no matter what they mock, how they mock, don't care. You have to do what Allah has told you. And there's only one case in which a person is allowed to eat haram.
And that is also in obedience to Allah because Allah has allowed him. Which is the state of extreme hunger when a person has no choice. He either eats haram or he literally dies. So in that case, he may eat it. Now you know this verse that your religion is complete. This according to some scholars is the last verse to be revealed. And when this ayah was revealed, it is said that Umar anhu he wept. He cried. Why do you think so? You know as Ramadan is completed, what happens? We feel happy that Alhamdulillah, another month of fasting, Eid, but at the same time you are sad. Umar anhu also wept. The Prophet ﷺ asked, what makes you cry? He said, what made me cry is that our religion is being perfected for us. Now it is perfect and nothing is perfect but it is bound to deteriorate. Meaning when something reaches its perfection, then what happens? It begins to go down. So I'm afraid that we are going to start going down. We are not going to give it haq. We are not going to take it seriously anymore. And isn't that the state of people today? That we know, yeah, all the laws are there in the Qur'an and the sunnah. But do we know them? Do we bother to study them? No. We have a very casual attitude with our deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and protect us from such attitude. Let's listen to the recitation. حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةُ وَالدَّمُ وَلَحْمُ الْخِنْزِيرِ وَمَا أُهِلَّ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ بِهِ وَالْمُنْخَنِقَةُ وَالْمُنْخَنِقَةُ وَالْمَوْقُوذَةُ وَالْمُتَرَدِّيَةُ وَالنَّطِيحَةُ وَمَا أَكَلَ السَّبُعُ إِلَّا مَا ذَكَّرَ وَمَا ذُبِحَ عَلَى النُّصُبِ وَأَن تَسْتَقْسِمُوا بِالْأَزْلَامِ ذَلِكُمْ فِسْقٌ الْيَوْمَ يَئِسَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ دِينِكُمْ فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَاخْشَوْنِ الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا فَمَنِ اضْطُرَّ فِي مَخْمَصَةٍ غَيْرَ مُتَجَانِفٍ لِإِثْمٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ 